0: From the Salvation Army National Headquarters, this is the Fight for Good Podcast.
1: Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Fight for Good Podcast. I'm your host, Lieutenant Colonel Tim Foley. Recording from our studios here in Alexandria, Virginia. We hope you're doing well today. With me is our executive producer, Elizabeth. Good morning, Elizabeth.
0: Good morning.
1: Here with us also is the assistant to the editorial director, Michelle Caceres. Hi, Michelle.
0: Good morning.
1: In today's podcast, we're going to be sharing Michelle's interview with Christian blogger and influencer, Casey Nicole. Now, Michelle, I understand you interviewed Casey... A little while ago, uh, but she she has a, a very interesting topic, in in that of it's important to all of us, and that is how to build and and maintain healthy relationships. Casey's dealt with toxic friendships and broken hearts and all kinds of different relationships, but through it all, she's kept God at the center of her own heart and her own walk. When you talked to her, what what were some of the things about maintaining healthy relationships that just kind of popped out?
0: Yeah, I I really liked how when she did speak, it was wasn't really about any one person, like you could tell that like, she had definitely had some struggles with friends or like a romantic relationship or even coworkers. And she didn't bring anyone's name up. She didn't tell any like gossipy stories. She really just kept it really positive and mostly said that people will come through your lives in different seasons for different reasons. And that's okay. Um, And I just felt that just overall, she was just very positive uh, person to speak to. And I know if I ever had like a problem with any relationship in my life, she would be the person I'd want some advice from.
1: Why are relationships a topic millennials should be talking about?
0: Because we have them in all walks of life. Um, It really just depends on where you're at in life. Cause some people have relationships with coworkers. Some people have friends, some people have romantic relationships and some people even have difficult relationships with their own family. And, I think millennials are just more open to talking about problems. I find that they're not very, they're not afraid of confrontation though, you know, cause it doesn't have to be a bad thing. So I think that they're just more open to talking and airing out those problems.
1: Well, I've, I've experienced it in our office. I mean, and which I appreciate is that there's kind of a, a boldness to say, you know what, I, I, th- I th- that idea needs to be, you know, broken down or opened up or consider this or that. So, you know, the, the relationship uh, working within multi-generations, like what we have in our own publications uh, and programs wing at, at NHQ is, is kind of exciting. Cause I, I, I really appreciate, I don't want to, I don't want to say pushback because sometimes people would turn that as negative, you know, pushing back, pushing back, but there. what you're kind of saying is that there's really an important thing about give and take in a relationship for a millennial.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like you said, it's not pushback. It's all about the way you say things, not how you say things. Um, And I think that millennials are just more in tuned with that. I know just growing up, my, just growing up, my family, were just loud. I mean, you can't, you can't hear or get a word in and it just is what it is. But that doesn't mean that, you know, I take that to my friend group and I'm like, I'm the loudest, which means I'm right. You know, they'll, they'll tell me like, cut that out real quick. <laughs> you know, so I think people aren't afraid to speak up and say when something is bothering them or the way you're saying something hurt their feelings.
1: Well, a word that keeps coming up uh, in, in recent days that I'm hearing is just listen to me, just listen to me. So how in, in, in a relationship like this, how, how does a, a millennial who may have a very strong opinion about something, how does, how does somebody maintain a listening aspect in a relationship?
0: Waiting until the other person is done speaking. That's the big thing. Um, if you're, if you're Only listening to react, you're not really listening. But that is something that people learn throughout time, and something I'm still learning. You know, like I was ready to answer your question before you even finished. But (laughs) when you when you interrupt, you know it comes off rude. Even though you might just be passionate or you might be excited to to talk about a topic, you know you really need to listen to what someone's saying. Think about it for a minute and then respond. And I think you'll get further, whether it's um, whether you're talking about something positive or you're having a difficult conversation, you'll get further if you just take a minute before responding.
1: My problem is, is I'll, I'll have a thought. And if I don't respond and interrupt you right away, then I can't remember what that thought was. So yeah.
0: yeah, no, it is hard sometimes, especially if someone's going on a little too long and you're like, what was that first thing they said? But, you know, again, if you're really listening, you won't, you know, forget what they're saying and you'll know how to respond properly.
1: What are some? Uh, what are some of the common relationship pitfalls that millennials make?
0: Um, Casey kind of highlights it in her interview that I, I was shocked that a 20 something year old female admitted to this, but she said it's gossip. She goes, Gossip is just not good no matter what. Keep it out of relationships. Um, and that I'm actually going to quote something she said um, By keeping gossip out of the conversation, it creates this safety in your relationship. Remember that if you have a friend or person in your life, who refuses to talk to you about somebody else, then you can feel confident in knowing that they're going to refuse to talk to somebody else about you. And I just thought, yeah, she hit the nail on the head with that one.
1: And that's, that's kind of hard because there are um, within culture and entertainment culture. And we were kind of talking a little bit of this offline. I mean, there, there are television programs that they're just all centered around gossip. And it's almost like you get immersed in it and you don't, you don't even realize that you're gossiping when you are gossiping. You know, I mean, I think that's a, that's a, I don't want to say a danger, but that's something that probably really has an effect that on millennial generation that maybe my generation didn't, didn't have to struggle with so much.
0: Yeah, that's true. I actually never thought about it that way. We are so in tune with social media and reality TV. It's a big thing. My generation grew up on it, starting with, you know, the real world and then Laguna Beach. I mean, we've been engulfed in the right that we think we get to know everything about other people. And I think it's great to have a guilty pleasure with reality TV, um, but maybe you shouldn't bring that drama into your real relationships.
1: Well, we want you to give a listen to Michelle's interview with influencer, Casey Nicole.
0: Okay, so um, something that I found interesting about like your profile, we kind of had searched, you know, like top Christian bloggers, influencers, and you were one of the first people that came up. Um, And what I found really interesting was on your blog, it seems like you talk a lot about your relationships with, um, friends and just kind of also like a relationship with yourself and a relationship with God. Um, can you kind of talk about how you got started with your, with your blog?
2: Um, yeah. So for me, my blog started my senior year of college. I was studying abroad in London. Um, and that was just a really transformational time for me in my walk with God where he was just sort of stripping down all these lies as far as how I had seen myself and, um, just revealing a lot of who he was to me. And so I was growing a lot. And um, just from all the things I was learning, all the things he was showing to me, I had this natural desire to want to share those things. Mm-hmm. And for me, words have always been huge. I'm a words of affirmation person. Um, and I just find, understand the power of words. Um, so many books have influenced me and all that kind of stuff. And so I had that little inkling and that desire to want to start sharing. And that's,
0: that's really what started it all. Oh, nice. And then can you just give some background about yourself, like? Where'd you go to school? Um, You know, what are you doing now? All that good stuff. Yeah, so I went to
2: Biola University. It's a private Christian university down in Southern California, very close to Disneyland. So that was fun. Um, I graduated in 2014 and I had a double degree in communication studies and Bible, which looking back is really cool to see how God orchestrated those things. (laughs) At the time, I sort of just picked them because I didn't really know what I wanted to do and figured that the communications degree would keep my options pretty open, um, and then everyone who goes to Biola gets a Bible minor, and so I upped it to a major just because I had some extra space in my schedule for that. Um, and so after I graduated, I wasn't sure exactly what I wanted to do, and I ended up um, having a job opportunity open up back in the Bay Area and move back home to take that. And so uh, the role I'm in currently is for a utility company doing communications, for different gas safety messages, um, and some using the communications degree, definitely not the Bible one, but it's been cool to just learn things from that job um, as far as it relates to communications and see how that also kind of applies to blog stuff and learning stuff from blog stuff that also applies to the job.
0: Yeah, definitely. Oh, wow, that's interesting. I got my degree in communications, too. Oh, awesome. It's a yeah. good one. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, um. so like I said, something that caught my eye that we haven't really talked about like here at, um, on, you know, at the War cry yet is friendships and faith. Um, and like I said, I just found that that being such a strong category on your blog as well really caught my eye. Um, So how has like being, op- how has being open about your faith um, affected your friendships, you know, both positively and negatively?
2: Yeah, so I think for me, I grew up really in... A- a Christian environment. So I went to a Christian school um, ever since I was in second grade, grew up going to church. And so for me, I think a lot of the close friends I've had just growing up and even through now into adulthood have been um, mainly Christian friends. And even if, even friends who aren't, I think most people know that that is, something that is a big part of my life and so there was never sort of like a moment of having to tell people I was a Christian or seeing that affect my faith or anything Mm -hmm. um but I would say the impact has been mainly positive um I think just being able to pray for friends is a huge thing I love doing that with my friends when we get together toward the end of our time together I think it's something that just connects you on a deeper level um and I think also anytime any relationship is about something bigger than just the people involved, I think it just makes the relationship better, uh, whether that be a friendship or romantic relationships or, or any of those types of things. Um, I just think that being able to seek God alongside friends and encourage one another to in that pursuit, um, that's only really ever added richness to my friendships and also given them a sense of purpose.
0: OK, good. Um, has there any been any, you know, I know you said for the most part it has been positive, but has there ever been a time where like maybe, you know, just a negative reaction from a friend? And if there was one, how did you handle it? I can't think of necessarily with friends. It has come up
2: with coworkers where um I think more so on as it relates to my social media, um, uh-huh. because so much of what I share is more driven by my blog content and YouTube content, and it is very space based that uh-huh. um, I did have a coworker make a comment one time about, like, oh, you know, I like seeing your pictures of your life, but... Um, I don't really like to read through all, like, the long face caption stuff. It's kind of just, like, too much for me. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
2: And I just didn't take it personally. Um, I I figured, you know, well, my real opportunity is just to continue to build a relationship with her in person. Like, I don't need her to, like, be a blog follower or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so I have seen that just because it's something that is such a huge part of my life. It can't really be separated from my life. Um, And for people that that's not the case, I think they see it, they can see it sometimes as just this, like, overwhelming thing, like, don't be so, you know, into all that stuff. But I really think, like, that's just been, like, a handful of times, not even, that I've run into that. It's really been,
0: I would say, for the most part, positive. Yeah, definitely. Um, so what are some important factors, you know, since you have gone through high school, you've gone through college, you know, now you're an adult and you have coworkers, what are some really important factors to you when choosing, you know, when someone um, becomes like an inner circle friend to you? Yeah,
2: for sure. So I think this one is huge. Um, you know, there's that saying that goes that we're the sum of five people, Um, who we spend the most time with, which I think is super true. And this is definitely not to say that we shouldn't be friends with everyone. I think that we definitely should, um, even if they don't have sort of these factors we're talking about. But I do think that those we allow closest to us and the people we allow to speak into our lives, that they have just a unique opportunity to influence. Um, who we become. And so that being said, I think it's really important that the people we're allowing to influence us are going to influence us toward the people we want to become. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think a couple of things for me, one is that they love God. Um, I love having people close to me who I know are going to give me godly advice, that they're going to point me back to him, that their advice is going to be grounded in his word. Um, also friends who are going to be willing to call me out and hold me accountable when I need that, that they're not just going to, you know, tell me what I want to hear, but they're going to speak truth to me. And so I think that's really important. And I think a huge one also is just that there's a safety in the relationship, that there's, uh, you know that that friend is for you, that they want what's good for you. And I think really that's just shown over time um, in the same way that sort of trust is built. And so I think those are really important things. Also friends who ask good questions and who are going to be willing to in turn share honestly from their life because I think just having that um, authenticity in the relationship really just breathes life into it.
0: So with that, you know, just like you said, like kind of people, you know, having a friend that kind of like calls you out, you know, on that, because I know that's mm-hmm. really important to me, too. My friends, we are so honest with each other um, and we know we always mean well, you know, when we do when we do kind of give our advice. Um, what would be some advice to maybe people who are in a bit of a toxic friendship or just going through like mm-hmm. a hardship with a friend right now?
2: Yeah, so I think that, um, it's important, like, it, it kind of depends on whether it is, like, that toxic friendship, right, or just a hardship. Um, I think speaking to the hardship, if you're going through a hardship in your friend, first of all, that's super tough. I get that. For me, I'm somebody who really values friendship and I invest deeply. And so mm-hmm. I get just, like, the pain and the sense of unrest that comes when things are really hard with friendships, it, um, or a certain friend. It's really hard to not think about all the time. I would say my biggest advice for somebody in that situation uh, is to just keep seeking God, pouring out your heart to Him, and then also doing your best to pursue peace and reconciliation with that friend where it's possible. One of the biggest things I have found in hindsight, looking back on those seasons where I was going through a hard time with a friend, is that sometimes friendships just go through growing pains because you've got two individuals who are growing as individuals. And sometimes um, that means you go through seasons where your broken edges are sort of rubbing up against each other and poking each other, and God needs to do some work in each of you before that friendship can get back to more of a peaceful place. Um, And also God uses those people closest to us to shape us and those broken edges to to refine us. You know, the whole iron sharpens iron. So the other thing I'd say is to not shy away too quickly if things get hard. Um, And as time goes on and as we're seeking him and pursuing reconciliation, I believe that God really will make clear whether this friendship is going to be restored to, um, you know, a close place in your life or whether maybe going forward it's not going to have as, as close of a role in your life.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, And it sounds like you kind of like really, you know, when even like maybe you're going through something, it seems like, you know, you really lean on God and like kind of what you think he would want for you. Um, And it seems like that's, I'm going to assume that's always worked out for you, you know? Yeah. I think it hasn't always been easy. Um, Mm
2: -hmm. I'm thinking back on some of my closest friendships. We kind of went through growing pain seasons where the friendship was really hard for months. I think I'm thinking Mm -hmm. of one friend in particular um, and we talk about this now all the time and kind of laugh laugh at it, that our whole senior year of college, our friendship was just really tough. Um, and so I would say, yes, it works out, but it's not always in the moment, and it's not always quickly. Looking mm-hmm. back, we can just both see how we needed to grow in a lot of ways. But, yeah, through that whole process, um, I was just seeking God and asking for wisdom and discernment and asking him to work in the situation and what I should do um, because it was something that was really weighing on me.
0: Yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, again, you just sound like so incredibly like you got the grasp of, you know, God's like faith and love at such a young age. Um, How can, what what do you think that young people can do to determine like what is God's will for them? How can they find their relationship with God um, being at such a young age?
2: Yeah, for sure. I think the biggest thing is to just be spending time with him every single day. Um, As somebody who did grow up in a Christian church, going to Christian school, you know, I had homework that had me reading the Bible. This is something that I really didn't get until probably late college, just the power of spending time with God. As for knowing his will for us, I think that sometimes we see God's will as this grand plan or this set of marching orders that at some point he's going to hand over to us and that we're going to march on forward into his will for our lives. Um, But I think that more often than not it's a step by step thing um and that it happens as we're taking steps forward with him as we're seeking him there's an analogy that I've used before on my blog that I really love just just because it helps me understand it and that's the analogy of a GPS so if you are um driving in your car and you you have the GPS set to a certain destination well the GPS is going to stay silent when you're stationary so if you're parked and you're not you don't have any sort of movement The GPS isn't going to be talking to you at all, but if you move forward, even if you make a wrong turn, even if you aren't going the right direction, that GPS is going to reroute you, and it's going to be talking to you, and it's going to be getting you back onto the right path, but in order for that to happen, you need to have some movement. And so I would say, as for God's will, just be seeking Him, doing things that we know are already a part of His revealed will. So the Bible talks about how God has His revealed will, and it's this general will that He has for all believers. Um, and then he has his secret will, and that involves his, his specific plans for our lives as individuals. Um, and there's a quote I heard from a pastor one time who said that we'll never know God's secret will for us unless we're obeying his revealed will. And God's revealed will is just simple, basic things like love him, love others, abide in Jesus, um, seek justice. And so I think as we're obeying that revealed will, that's when that secret will is going to become more clear to us as we're taking those steps forward.
0: When life demands 24-7 attention, you may find it impossible to rest. We live in a fast-paced world. It doesn't slow down, so why should you? With an engaging narrative, Rest for the Rest of Us provides a refreshing and informative take about Sabbath rest. It speaks to anyone looking to renew their sense of joy and find options for coping with life's pressures. Learn more at crestbooks.com. So what you were saying, like, how, do you, how would you encourage... um people, like, in kind of all stages of life, because, you know, you do find, like, other friends, like, I know I have friends from, like, when I was very young to high school to college to coworkers, you know, you find friends in different stages of life. Um, do you think that, like, God puts these people, I know you said, like, it's it's a stationary, like, GPS, like, it's not that he's necessarily doing it, but do you think he, in a way, does kind of intervene and put certain friends in your life at a time that you need them?
2: Oh, absolutely, Yeah. Um, I would say that there's been several times that's happened in my life and he I think he always gives us the people we need when we need them and we may not always know even in the moment why we needed that friendship, but I think a lot of things become more clear in hindsight.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, and then I mean just a couple other questions I have, you know, when it comes to like friends, um if you had like a friend that maybe wasn't comfortable with you being so outspoken, like with your relationship with God, um, you know, maybe there's other people out there who do have friends like that. Like, what would, what would be your advice to kind of finding that balance?
2: That is a tough one um, because I think something we hear in our culture a lot is, you know, to not um, compromise, like, who you are and everything, which mm-hmm. I think there's, like, truths and untruths to that kind of a thing. But I would say it kind of applies to this that um, I don't think we should ever, like, try to hide our faith. Um, I think that if you've got a friend who's not as comfortable like talking about faith things all the time I think that's totally okay to have a relationship where that's not like um, something that you're talking about all the time especially for somebody who's not a Christian I think it's important that all people kind of know where you stand and what you believe um, and I think that The things you love are naturally going to become a part of your conversation, but I think it is okay to, you know, ask a lot of questions about them. I think that's super, super important to get to know their life and what they believe and the things that matter to them um, and that they want to talk about. And so I would say that's probably a great starting point is to just focus on them and
0: learning who they are.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, And then,
0: you know, just kind of again, wrapping it up, um, just kind of like about yourself, like what has been like what has changed for you in like the last, you know, five or to 10 years of your life? And then what do you see for like the next five to 10 years um, in your life? Like, what are some personal goals that you have? Yeah, for sure.
2: So um, I would say a lot of the change that has happened in my life has been really internal. There have been things that have happened, you know, circumstantially, like even within the past five years of starting my blog. And, Um, I started a YouTube channel I've done, I've written a devotional, but I would say the, the vast majority of the change that's happened has just been work that God's done in me to transform me from the inside out, um, to make me look more like him to kind of break down, um, lies and just wrong ways of seeing things as for the future, Um, I have learned enough to know that oftentimes what we plan, it doesn't actually, doesn't always work out exactly how we thought it's going to go, but Mm -hmm. I would just say that I would love to continue creating, um, the blog, my Instagram, YouTube, all those things where I'm able to just create and share, share different truths. Um, I would love to see that to continue to grow and be just a bigger part of my life
0: and something I get to do. Yeah, definitely. And then what problems do you see emerging among friends that may create division or broken relationships?
2: I think the biggest thing that we have to guard against, especially as girls and as women, is gossip. Um, oh, I think growing answer. up, I always saw that yeah, as sort of one of those like trivial sins that it's not like this huge deal. Um, mm-hmm. But the older I've gotten, the more I've just seen that it is poison to relationships. Um, and so I would just say if you have an issue or you have a concern, to do your best to go directly to that friend. I think as Christians, we can sometimes talk about people under this veil of concern, or oh, you know, I'm, I just like want to pray for them in this area. But at the end of the day, it's still gossip. It's still hurtful, and it still creates division. Um, and so, i found that doing my best to keep gossip out of the conversation in my friendships that it creates just this safety in your friendships. Because if you have a friend who refuses to talk to you about somebody else, and you're going to also have confidence in knowing that they're going to refuse to talk to somebody else about you. And so I think that's just a huge one yeah. that we can sometimes, um, write off, but it's really, it truly is important.
1: To read Michelle's full interview with Casey, check out www.thewarcry.org. Michelle, I just have a couple of, of uh, more questions. Just a follow-up, uh, your, your time with, with Casey, Why do you think Casey's message is so important today?
0: I think the timing of her interview coming out is very well-deserved. You know, there's been obviously a lot going on in the past few months. And I just think the biggest thing is, like we talked about earlier, listen, Listen to what other people are saying and then create your own opinion, you know, within yourself and as well as just keeping God the, you know, the center of everything. Um, As long as you're being a good person, you're not judging other people. You're not gossiping about other people. You'll just have a better outlook on life. You'll feel lighter. You'll be more positive. And I just think that's the most important message that she sent.
1: Well, thank you for that very transparent response, and you know that's a huge takeaway. And hopefully, our listeners will uh, pay attention to uh, what Casey has to say. That you'll, they'll look uh, look her up, you know, go to her um, bl- vlogs and uh, and and read a little bit more. I think uh, God is obviously using her to speak to this current generation in in positive ways uh, for for all of us, regardless of age that we need to make sure that we're uh, promoting healthy relationships in our lives. Well, that's going to end this episode of the fight for good podcast. Be sure to subscribe to fight for good, wherever you listen to your podcast. We also ask you to follow us on uh, follow the war cry and peer magazine on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. We thank you for your interest there. Uh, But until next time, this has been the fight for good podcast. Be safe. Be healthy in all of your relationships, and God bless you.
2: Subscribe to Fight for Good wherever you listen to podcasts.